Welcome to the latest episode of the IUMI podcast. Today, we speak to Richard Turner, president of IUMI, as he prepares to step down from his role following a successful four-year tenure. Richard was elected IUMI president in 2018, having previously served on IUMI's executive committee from 2011 to 2015. He is also a member of IUMI's policy forum, education forum, and data and digitalization forum. He is currently Global Head of Marine at Victor International and has worked in marine insurance for close to 40 years. We asked Richard about his time as IUMI President, the increasing role that data plays in today's marine insurance industry, and how ESG challenges are shaping the risks that insurers face. So welcome Richard. To start, could you tell us how you became a part of IUMI to begin with? Well, my first conference was way back in 2002. Uh, I vividly recall going to New York, of course, that was just 12 months after the tragic 9-11 attacks. And I've been to every conference since. And from the very word go, Ayumi struck me in conference mode as being sort of akin to the United Nations, really, the United Nations of Marine Insurance. And so I always found it not just enjoyable, but really informative Richard, you've been president of IUMI now for four years. What were some of the main challenges that you encountered during those four years? I would actually choose to emphasise not so much the challenges, but I found it really rewarding way of involving myself in issues, in helping the organisation. For me, the motivation has always been to try and put something back into the industry. I've worked in marine insurance for nearly 40 years, so it's kind of, for me, it's it really is a way of actually trying to leave something in the industry, you know, for when I when I move on and retire from the sector, that I can feel, you know, I've put something back into the sector and into the community, the business community that I've benefited from in my career. So as you know, there are a lot of very good national insurance associations. But in your opinion, do we really need an international association like IUMI? Yes, I, I sometimes get asked that question by journalists, actually. You know, so if IUMI didn't exist, would you invent it? Marine insurance in most countries is give or take 2% of general insurance turnover. What IUMI does is to give a voice to that 2% industry. If you add up all the 2% globally, it's $30 billion sector. And if you look at the purpose of marine insurance, it's fundamental to world trade. You know, in, in the days that we are recording this, You've got the example of the first grain shipment leaving the northern part of the Black Sea. Experimental as it is, the cargo of grain leaving on a bulk carrier could not have moved without marine insurance being in place. And so the role of marine insurance is is a vital component of financial services. And what we do as our uni is we give voice to that on behalf of our members. I think one of the other things we are able to do, because we're operating at a sort of scale macro level, we're able to do things for our members that individually they might not be able to do themselves. One example of that would be that we have a seat at the IMO. We can bring safety issues to the attention of IMO that individually our members would never be able to do, um, however big or small they are individually. There have been a lot of changes in the marine insurance industry, perhaps most critically or significantly in the area of data. How has this impacted the marine insurer? I think the main impact of data um, has been in the industry space. I think it's changed the way that businesses work in the insurance space. And I think the way we are able to recycle data 
and, and drill down into data and use it for other purposes now is transformed from the industry that I came into. I think IUMI has joined that journey. We created more recently our data and digitalization forum, which is designed to look at the changes that are taking place in the industry. And what it does is draw together practitioners, not just from the insurance space, but from the software houses as well. And I think that's a fairly unique experiment in the marine insurance sector. So I think it's no exaggeration to say that alongside the environmental challenges, that data and digitalization is going to be one of the two transformative catalysts for how our industry operates and works. Uh, it already is catalyzing change, and I think it, that will just continue over the next uh, one or two decades. Environment issues, sustainability issues and government issues are all top of the agenda for businesses these days. What is IUMI doing to support its members to achieve their ESG goals? I think this has probably been one of the biggest changes in, in the last four years in terms of the exploration and maturity of debate that's gone on inside, but not just IUMI, but the wider industry. And I would claim, I think, that IUMI's helped catalyse that, that whole conversation. If you think about the impact of ESG on marine insurance, I think you can summarise the impact in three ways. The first is that climate change is and will affect the frequency and severity of claims that we see. There are visible examples of that with the Atlantic storms we had a few years ago, that kind of thing. And so like it or not, marine insurance is in the front line of this stuff. Climate change is also, of course, not just about weather systems. It's about the rise in sea levels. And as the sea levels gradually increase, they bring with them the potential for more regular coastal flooding. And of course, the assets that we protect are often in coastal settings because they're moving through port areas. But there are more subtle changes as well. And the second of my sort of three elements to this is asset change. So the assets that we protect and cover will go through change. I think ships are the obvious example of that with the introduction of low sulfur fuels. But of course, what that's leading on to is the adoption of alternate fuel types. And so the historic view we've had of risk and how we've measured risk and the types of claims we have seen, I think that will change. It will change naturally as new technologies get deployed. And then I think the third area of the three is that clients and industries that we are supporting, some will grow and some will shrink. Some may even disappear. And I think it's about understanding what that dynamic looks like and whether and if there's a role for us to play in that space. I think a good example of it is the um, fishing sector. Marine insurers underpin the insurance of fishing vessels. But of course, it's self-evident that fishing vessels will only be viable businesses if they've got fish to catch. I often use that as an, a simple example of that it is directly in marine insurers' interests for there to be a sustainable population of fish in the world's oceans, because without that sustainable and um, commercially catchable uh, volume of fish, there will not be a business and there will be nothing for us to insure. So those are the three elements, climate change, asset change, and growth, as well as shrinkage in some of the industries that we are protecting. And it's because of those three things that I became pretty convinced um, very early in the start of my presidency that it was not sufficient for us as insurers just to spectate on the issue. We had to get involved. So I suppose my next question is, what impact can the insurance industry bring to the marine sector? I think if we think about this from the perspective of insurance, the general insurance industry, 
one of the potential problems that we face is that if you measure marine against non-marine, you're describing 2% versus 98% in terms of premium turnover. And that carries with it a very, very real risk. But our UMIS members, they run the risk of being swept along with events that the corporations that marine underwriters are working in will take decisions around environmental change in their sort of corporate responsibility policy that may or may not work for the specific marine insurance outlet that they provide. The fact of the matter is that marine is not the biggest insurance product line. And I think a real benefit that IUMI can bring to that space is is to enable, firstly, actually our members and the industry, the $30 billion industry that we are uh, supporting, to speak as one voice. We can give profile to the issue. And also, I think, candidly, I think we can help educate our members and help them prepare for what is coming so that they're on the front foot with the issue and not reacting to other pressures. So I do see a very clear role for IUMI in this space. I think you can see evidence of the step change that's been made. When I became president in um, Cape Town in 2018, we had one presentation at that conference that was ESG related. And at last year's online event, of course, it had to be online because of COVID, that share of workshop presentations had risen to 25%. Actually, I think the committees, the members have really grabbed the initiative and made it very much part of their technical workshops. So what are the challenges for the marine sector when it comes to measuring ESG output? I think we have to be very careful to make sure that we are adopting the right spirit in terms of how we address this. I think one of the things that will keep us honest in this space is is what I just talked about, actually, that the risks we are insuring are changing. They are shifting. We are being forced as an industry to reevaluate and remeasure the risk of climate change the different risks associated with changes to the assets that we are protecting. So you can, in a sense, think about this in quite an old-fashioned way, if I can if I can describe it like that, in that actually our job as insurers is to assess and measure risk and provide a, a pricing mechanism for our clients to hook into. And I think a lot of our industry reaction to ESG can be seen in those terms. But there will be challenges coming down the road for individual insurers about how far they each intend to go with the climate change agenda and will that lead to them deciding that there are certain types of risk certain types of asset that they are no longer prepared to ensure so richard going back to your role as iumi president and your 20 years spent with the organization has iumi's voice grown over this time definitely if i went back 20 years to my first conference The sense then was an an organisation that kind of came to life at the time of its conference. And then you didn't really hear from it very much for the next 11 months until the next conference came along. That has been transformed in the last 20 years. We are now an organisation that runs right through the year. We have activity that runs right through the year. You see that with our webinars and our educational programme and the work that our secretariat are doing at IMO, and the engagement with our technical committees that runs right through the year. That, for me, has been the big step change in the organisation. And you mentioned sort of policy. Well, you know, the the creation of our policy forum has been one of those big moments in in our recent history where we now have the ability to draw expertise together on a range of different issues and topics 
you know, it could be the evolution of autonomous ships or new types of fuel or Arctic sailing or ports of refuge. I mean, we can now gather those technical experts together at a moment's notice when we need to. And we weren't doing that 20 years ago. And finally, before you step down, any advice for your successor? First thing I would say is enjoy it. <laughs> because actually, it is a real, it's a real privilege to be able to do this role. I feel really blessed to have had the opportunity to do it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. There's no doubt that you get out of it what, you, what you're prepared to invest, but you also have to balance your time. I think the good thing is that the, the organisation has excellent people. We've got a very high quality secretariat in Hamburg and also a brilliant volunteer workforce. You know, all the underwriters and leaders in the industry that are involved with IUMI in one committee or another, they are doing it for free. They are doing it in their own time. That makes the job of being president that much easier and it would be impossible to do without all those people volunteering their time and effort. Well, thank you, Richard, not only for answering our questions, but for your dedication to your role as IUMI president over the past four years. I hope that you continue to be involved in IUMI in some capacity. The IUMI 2022 conference takes place from the 18th to the 21st of September in Chicago. Tickets are still available, so if you are interested, visit www.iumi2022.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you there.